Hello, and welcome to the Wander Mom Diaries podcast, where we dive into everything involving motherhood and adventure. My name is Mandy Kramer. I'm a mother, teacher, and lover of learning new things and finding adventure in all aspects of life. If this is your first time listening, then welcome. You can expect the show to air every Sunday evening at 8 p.m. If you follow the show, it will automatically pop up in your podcast app. Every episode is paired with a blog post that acts as show notes, and you can find all the helpful goodies linked in the episode description. Today, I will be explaining what an expat is and sharing all of my takeaways from my experience in moving to two different countries, Japan and Sweden. You'll hear my story about traveling alone to Japan and also how my husband and I made friends after our move to Sweden together with our two dogs. A future episode will cover the specific topics of connecting with other expat families, but this episode is based on my experience before having a child. Regardless, all of the strategies mentioned in this episode can be applied whether you have kids or not. So let's dive into this episode about how you can overcome the social adversities that many expats face when they step out of their comfort zone to see the world. Welcome to the Wander Mom Diaries podcast. In this show, a Wander Mom is defined as a woman juggling all the things, but still has the desire to stay ambitious and find adventure in life, no matter what obstacles come her way. You will hear interviews that focus on adventures you can do with your family, along with episodes packed with helpful advice to hopefully make life a little easier. Whether you are looking for a simple getaway to a nearby park or a trip around the world, this podcast is here to help, support, and guide you to where you want to go and who you want to be. I'm your host, Mandy Kramer, and I'm so glad you're here. So first off, what is an expat? I didn't know the word or meaning until I became one. It stands for expatriate, which sounded a bit harsh to me when I first learned about it, but an expatriate is basically a person living in another country other than their native country. It often refers to people who are there for a job, skilled workers, artists, basically taking positions outside of their home country, either independently or maybe they were sent abroad by their employers. But its shortened term, expat, is a commonly known phrase in the travel community, so don't be hesitant to use it or search for it as you're looking for different groups and activities. It's a helpful keyword to know as I share with you some strategies on how you can find opportunities to meet new people and make some friends. So let me tell you a story about my experience in Japan. It's 2009, I just got out of college, and the job market was not looking good, especially if you were a teacher. It pushed me to apply for the JET program, which stands for Japan Exchange and Teaching Program. So I'm selected, and off I go to Japan with a few other Michiganders and land in Tokyo. Orientation week was excellent. Many opportunities to get to know other teachers from around the world. I had fun singing karaoke, but actually it's pronounced karaoke and immersing ourselves in this new and exciting culture. Orientation ends and we all disperse to our assignments across the entire country. And when I mean across the entire country, I don't just mean the popular places that you may have heard of like Kyoto or Okinawa. I mean like everywhere. I ended up in this tiny little fishing village called Makudazaki. The excitement and adrenaline rush of traveling across the world dissipates. I'm sitting on the floor of my bamboo covered living room, which is also my bedroom and also my dining room. And 
I'm sitting in silence with reality hitting me like a punch to the gut. I was completely alone. I had no cell service to call anyone, no internet. I mean, completely disconnected, disconnected from my boyfriend who fast forward is my husband today, uh, disconnected from my family, my friends, and everything I know and recognize as familiar is limited to this one suitcase I have yet to unpack. And I bawl like ugly cry, snot everywhere, hard to breathe, the type of sobbing. But things got better. It was actually months before I had internet in my home. I actually never got it when I think about it. I ended up taking hours and hours of bus rides to find a metropolitan area with a mall and a cell service center where I can get a simple phone and a USB flash drive like hotspot. And that's how I connected finally with people. But it took over a month to get that. So the fact that it's 2021 now, I can assure you that wherever you go, you will have a much easier time keeping in touch with home. I've Skyped with people in the middle of rural Tanzania where villagers don't have running water or indoor plumbing, but they all have a cell phone. So how did I cope with this lack of connection back home? Well, I had to make new connections in my new home. But there were some things that I did that really helped my loneliness in this new place by myself. And the first thing you should do is to try and connect with one other person who's been where you've been. In my case, it was my predecessor. But in your case, uh, with Facebook and social media, how expansive that has become, you can easily pinpoint someone who lives in your area or who has been and knows some people. Ideally, do this before you go. Make the effort to reach out to someone that, that you feel comfortable with, maybe someone who's in a similar situation as you, and connect, connect with them in advance so that when you arrive, you don't have this stress of not knowing anyone. At least you'll know one other person. You'd be surprised at how many people are willing to go out of their way to help a stranger. Once you make one connection, allow for the chain reaction to start. Let this person introduce you to some of the locals or ask for insight on fun activities to do in the area. Ask them if there are community groups that you can join. And if you don't know the local language, do everything you can to build a base and start using it. Episode two in this podcast is all about learning a new language with very helpful tips from Natalia. And she goes over this exact topic and she shares some excellent strategies that you can use to build this base that I just mentioned. But the number one thing that hindered me when I went to Japan was a language barrier. And I had these very super kind local girls that were around my age and they were so excited to meet an American. And my predecessor helped connect us, but those gatherings quickly stopped because when they would call me, I couldn't understand where they were meeting or what the event was or even the time or anything. It just got too exhausting not being able to decipher the messages and I could feel the struggle on their end too because they didn't know English. It just got too exhausting because not being able to decipher all the messages um, from either end because they didn't know English either. So the relationships kind of faded because of the language barrier. It just got too tiring. So had I been better about learning Japanese, I would have had a much smoother transition to my new home. Now, when you make a connection with somebody prior or maybe during through social media, and it's very likely that person speaks the same language or has a similar background as you, then you can always just, you know, stick with them. But half the fun about traveling is getting to know 
the culture and getting to know the language and getting to know the people that live in that country. That's one of my favorite parts about traveling. So I encourage you to try not to only connect with people who are like you. I encourage you to also make opportunities for yourself to to meet people that are native to that country. Jumping ahead to Sweden, um, I did this by joining a local soccer team. So that's another thing you can do. I realized that in Sweden, they have a wonderful infrastructure for adult athletics, like not the professional kind, just for fun. You may not have a lot of skills and it's just for fun. I love soccer. And I realized that I could join a soccer team just being by myself because I uh, contacted the organization. I said, I am... I don't know anyone here, but I love to play soccer. Is there a team that you can put me on? And they responded with, you know, it's funny you ask because we've gotten emails from about 15 other people that also would like a team, but their friends don't play. So we're going to put all of you on a team together. And that was really awesome because all of us loved the game and all of us didn't have any friends that loved the game. And we all meshed really well. I mean, everybody's so different, but it's so great how everybody who was so different, we didn't know each other beforehand. We ended up becoming a really uh, close team and it was so much fun. One of my highlights of my experience in Sweden. And I was the only American for a while, for a couple years. Uh, the third year, we had another American join. And that was nice because I didn't feel like everyone was speaking English just for me because my Swedish was terrible. But in Sweden, I was lucky because so many people know English so well. And I could tell some players on the team weren't that very comfortable with English and I didn't want them to to feel uncomfortable or have to speak English if they didn't want to. But in the end, everything was was really nice. And I learned more Swedish, <laughs> more soccer Swedish, I think, on the field than if I would have never joined the, the team. So another tip for you is to look into your community organizations and see if there are any athletics or clubs that involve anything that you're interested in doing, because then you will instantly have that commonality. And language really isn't a factor because it's more of a movement kind of thing. It's a game that people understand. So you really don't have to understand each other to play a soccer game. And that's that's really nice. Okay. So let's say that your situation is more like my situation was, and you really don't know the language and you really don't have anyone close by um, that speaks your language or can connect with, you need to make the effort to explore and to, to get out and to meet new people. For me, I actually had connections with other expats from the orientation and even one from Michigan, um, but they were two hours away. So what I ended up doing was I figured out the bus system. I didn't have much of a mode of transportation. I had a little moped <laughs> and I have many stories about Japan. I think I'm going to have to do another episode just about my experience in Japan, but um, I had this little moped and it wasn't one thing. It wasn't something where I was going to be taking it two hours away. So I figured out the bus system, which was not easy, not being able to read Japanese, but I figured it out. And I ended up finding a way to the largest nearby city, which was called Kagoshima. 
It's a beautiful city. If you ever go to Japan, I highly recommend it. There's this beautiful active volcano and it's got these huge radishes that grow there and they're delicious. I mean, when I mean huge, I mean like you can wrap your arms around them. They are just ginormous radishes. And yeah, it's just a beautiful area. Lots of nice like hiking. You can even hike on the volcano. There's onsens, which are like these saunas that you can go to on the volcano. It's just a really cool place. So anyway, there was a group of expats in the same program that lived there. And they were conveniently all in the same building. I kind of felt like, well, I kind of got the short end of the stick because I was by myself in this tiny little fishing village and they had their big community inside this bigger city where there's lots of things to do and lots more people. But I wasn't the only one in my situation. Actually, another friend of mine was placed on a tiny island by herself. So at least I was connected to the mainland and it didn't take me hours of boat rides just to get to the mainland. So I know, I know some expats had it a bit more isolating than I did. That set aside, I would make the efforts to go and meet them on the weekends. And I went a lot. I went probably every weekend, if not every other weekend, just so I could have that socialization. We can share stories, have fun, go to these festivals. And so if you're in a situation where there's really nothing around you, then look for things outside of where you live and find a way to get there. So if you're in a situation where you really are by yourself and you feel like there's no one in your area, then just try to connect with somebody on social media and and go visit some new places, even if it's a few hours away. I mean, I did that almost every weekend and it really wasn't bad. And then we would go on these trips together. So the expat community, we would plan trips around the area of Japan. So we would, uh, we would meet, all meet in one area. There's these really cool hot sands uh, because of volcanic activity, the sands uh, in this area get really hot. And so we did like these sand baths and we went hiking together and we were able to, to do more than just hang out in their city. We really took advantage of being able to see the country. And when you make the efforts to build those relationships, then you'll have people to do that with. Okay. So in a nutshell, my experience traveling alone to Japan I found it very helpful to to connect with people before the trip and so that when I got there, I was able to connect easier with the locals. I also recommend finding things that are interesting to you in the community and joining clubs and organizations. And I also recommend making the extra efforts to meet up with people, even if they don't live close to your area, because half of the fun of exploring is to go to new places. And also try to learn the language if you know that the people are not going to speak your language. So for example, English. I should have been better prepared about knowing Japanese, going to a small, tiny fishing village where they didn't speak English (laughs) at all. So that is something that I recommend too, is try to learn the local language because that will allow you to connect with people a lot faster and also help you acquire the language much faster because you'll be using it. All right, so I'm going to fast forward to now this experience in Sweden where we were expats for three years And the reason that we were able to get this experience was because of my husband's job. And so we packed up our stuff in 
two suitcases, sold our house, packed up our two dogs, sent our cats to a cat sitter, and we were off. So a week after arriving in Sweden, I actually went on my first meetup group. And if you've never heard of meetup, it's this awesome website where you can go and you can see different community events in your area. Even in Melma, Sweden, there were many, many meetups with people that were English speakers. One of them was a co-working space uh, meetup, and I didn't know what co-working was. I found out later after a bit of research that people who work remotely, they kind of just get together at a cafe or someplace, and you just kind of sit with each other and chat, and it's like having co-workers, but you don't work for the same company. <laughs> so I actually went to my first meetup there. There was a total of three of us, me included. And the people that I connected with were really nice. And actually one became a really good friend of mine. And that was kind of my first like stepping out into meeting new people in the area. Now we were in the heart of a city. So this is much easier than in my tiny fishing village in Japan, where this city was, is the third largest in, in Sweden. And so the population is also very diverse. So there's many people that um, are from around the world that know English and also all the Swedes speak English very, very well. So I had a much easier time building relationships and making friends in Sweden than I did in Japan. And the way that I did this was a lot through the meetup groups. And I also searched Facebook for things that I was interested in that were happening in the area. And since we were in a larger city, there were lots of other expats in the same situation. And you'll, you'll learn if you become an expat that you find your, your communities. <laughs> and if you don't see one, then you might be the one to create it because birds of a feather, right? So I also searched Facebook groups and Facebook was one of my most helpful tools because there are so many groups and you can really just kind of search and filter out things that you'd be interested in, possible people that you can connect with and more. So I highly encourage Facebook groups searching in your area and seeing what kind of things were going on. So I was into running and I think it was probably the second week I was in Sweden when I joined the first social running groups. There were these, again, group of expats, but also Swedes. It was a mix. They were called the Gorilla Runners. And so every Monday or Tuesday, I can't remember, but once a week we'd get together and we'd do these social runs and they were supposed to be a bit slower paced, more for conversations. And then eventually through those people that we became friends and we would meet up before or after or, you know, random weekend day and just hang out. So you got to meet some new people through, through running. And then that led to meeting some more people through other running groups and other, yeah, sports groups. I have running to think a lot. If you do anything where it's kind of a community activity or something where you just have a common interest, really try to start there because you're going to be invested and motivated to go and to attend because you have an inner passion for it. And then you're also going to meet other people who also have a passion. And then you get to build those relationships and expand from there. So through these running groups, we actually got to meet a lot more cool people and, and we would meet up for these running events, running races. 
Um, and then that expanded to volleyball and to meeting up at the beach and going and swimming and meeting up to have a beer and all that good stuff. So try not to search for events that are too large. You know, if there is a 5k race going on in your, um, area, you're probably not going to meet or connect with anybody because it's too big of an event, but try to find smaller events, smaller happenings going on where you have the opportunity and that intimacy to kind of, you know, talk to other people and get to know them. And it's not too large. Uh, co-working spaces or co-working groups, you can find those um, pretty much everywhere. Malma had multiple co-working groups. And besides the meetup one that I went to, I actually made some really, really close friends by going to co-working spaces. And, and the other thing that really helped me make some very close friends is getting a job. If you're in a place for a while and you don't already have a job, you know, maybe you're working remotely and you're able to travel and that's great. But in my case, we, we went to Sweden because of my husband's job. So I, I didn't have any job opportunities or something waiting for me when I arrived to Sweden. I, I did some exploring and I tried some new things and in the end, I ended up getting hired at the international school there. That was where I got to really meet some fun people. And if, if you're interested in working for an international school, I can tell you that you don't need a teaching de degree to find a good job there. You can do other things like you can be a classroom assistant, you can work on work at the recess duty or be kind of like auxiliary staff. Um, you can work at the front desk and maybe, maybe you do have a background in teaching and may not have a teaching certificate. International schools are a bit more flexible with that. They go more by experience. It depends if they're private as well, they would have their own requirements. So don't feel discouraged if you love working with kids and, you know, teachers are needed everywhere in all countries. In big cities like Malma, there were a lot of international families where they wanted their kids' education in English. So it was actually a great place to meet some English speakers and also meet some new Swedish friends and, and connect with, with the community that way. For me as a teacher, it's... It's, I don't want to say quote unquote easy to find a job when you travel around the world, but it is kind of an international profession. So, and that's actually one of the reasons why I became a teacher. But if you aren't a teacher, you can start small with cafes or, uh, or retail. But if you're looking for more in the corporate world, then I recommend looking at international companies where the language that you speak is the base. I mean, for me, it's English. So there are many um, English speaking companies, but if I knew Swedish, my job opportunities would be much more expansive. And so I, again, I go back to learning the language and knowing, um, knowing that or knowing the conversational level will open up many more opportunities for employment for you. But for me, not knowing Swedish, I actually have a funny story. I made the goofiest video for a possible, I didn't even, I don't even think it was, there were any job openings with this company. Uh, it was an ed tech company and they were based in the city, very close to where I lived. And I thought, oh, this would be a really fun company to work for. 
And so I make the goofiest video of me trying to speak Swedish. And I was just very excited and just talking about why I thought my skills would be useful for that company and why I thought that company was very interesting to me. And without even having a a job like posting, I just sent this video to them. Uh, And I got a response and I got an interview and I got to meet everybody. And it was just like, just one of those things where if you put yourself out there, it will lead to some fun opportunities. And I didn't follow through with with that company. Um, It didn't really work out, but I will forever remember that experience and will keep that in mind if I'm ever moving to another country again and looking for a job. Just don't be afraid to put yourself out there. The lack of knowing Swedish was the main reason why, you know, I wasn't able to to work for these big companies that I was really interested in, but it doesn't mean that I regret going into the schools. I made lifelong friends through that. All right. So that was a lot of stories jumbled up into one podcast. I tried to be concise. I tried to keep myself from going on too much because I think I can do multiple podcast episodes about all my experiences while traveling, but here are the main takeaways that you should, you should walk away with today. The first one being do your research beforehand. If you know that you're going to a country, try to start building that language base if they speak a different language there. Okay, that's the first thing that you can do that's very easy to do. Again, episode two with Natalia is amazing. You can go check that out and learn how to start building a base of learning a new language. And the second thing is to do some preliminary research on who's there in that area and try to reach out to somebody who already lives there that is in a similar situation as you, whether they are from the same area area you're from, or maybe they had a similar profession or just a similar experience of being an expat there. Try to find a fellow expat in your area and connect with them and ask them for tips and advice on how to make a smooth transition. The next thing is if you're in an area that is very rural or very uh, unpopulated, make the efforts to get out and explore and meet new people that are outside of your area and go to the opportunities. Don't assume that the opportunities are just going to come to you. Try to create opportunities for yourself to meet people by researching meetup groups or Facebook group events of things that you are interested in doing. Or maybe if you are working remotely, you should definitely be checking out co-working spaces because that is a great way to sit down and start up conversations with people who also live in the same area as you. Athletics and sports events or running groups or anything that deals with that physical activity is a great way to get immersed in a new country without needing to know the language. So try to do your research and see what opportunities are in your area for your age and your skill level. The next one is find a job in that area where you actually work with other people, whether it be a cafe, a retail shop, a school, whatever interests you, just try to find some way of employment and that will help you meet some people very quickly and build strong relationships with them. And finally, my last piece of advice is to show up and try to show up consistently. The reason that my relationships with my running groups and relationships with co-working spaces, because I was consistently going, I was consistently there. If you show up one time a month, you know, you're not going to build those strong relationships and you're not going to build that trust that the people 
will see you and that their time and investment and energy into you won't just be wasted. So try to find your groove and then be consistent. Well, that's all I have for today on this episode about making new friends in a new country as an expat. I hope you found it valuable and I hope you liked my stories. If you have any feedback for me, I would love to hear it. Just go to www.speakpipe.com forward slash Diaries. It would be really awesome if you left a voicemail about any questions that you have or any feedback, and you may even be featured on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining in. Have a wonderful day, and don't be afraid to explore away, Wander Moms. taking the time to join in on this episode on the Wander Mom Diaries podcast. If you're enjoying this show, then I would love it if you could tell one other person about it. It's super easy to discover no matter what device you have. Just go to www.wandermomdiaries.com. At my website, you'll find the podcast episodes and the blog posts that match up to the episodes you've listened to. All of my links are in the podcast description, so you don't need to worry about memorizing it, but it's best to share this page with a friend you think will enjoy the show because you can listen in on all the episodes right there from your browser. You can even subscribe with your preferred listening app through that page. It would be absolutely amazing if you could share this resource with one other person today. We are all here to help each other, so if you're a fellow Wander Mom who would like to share your story on the podcast, reach out in the DMs on Instagram at WanderMomDiaries, or you can email me at WanderMomDiaries at gmail.com. I would absolutely love to hear your story. Thanks again for tuning in, and don't be afraid to explore away, Wander Moms.